You're recording. Sweet. Hey, my name is Chandler Young, and I'm the college pastor at Hope Community Church in Shelby, North Carolina. And our session is Becoming a Family of Disciples Who Make Disciples on the College Campus. But what I wanted to do real quick is tell you a little bit about me and my family and a little bit about our church too because I think the context of that is super helpful. I'm going to close this if that's all right. Or at least crack it. Yeah, so I am recording. Yep. We'll be good. We'll be good. Um, so, so I serve as the college pastor at our church and then my wife is actually on staff as well. She leads the student ministry. And she and I both now are leading the community group ministry for our church. And so that's another a new venue for us. And so um, our church is only about five years old. And so, you know, two of those years, uh, COVID hit and community groups and different things struggled. And so that's been kind of a cool thing for us to get to revamp. And, and um, really, to be honest, we wouldn't recommend this way, but college ministry is informing the way that we're doing community groups and some of the things that we've done in college ministry the last two years we're transferring into the community groups for our church as a whole but uh, a little bit about me i'm originally from shelby and i spent several years after uh, i went to marshall university and played baseball there and worked at a church there called grace point church and was a really cool opportunity for me and then felt like the lord was calling me back home to shelby so almost two years ago, I moved back, and really our college ministry, there were college students that came, but we didn't have anything in place. And so we really launched essentially a year and a half ago, two years ago. And so it's been so cool. I've been married for four whole months, so newlywed, but it's been the best. Super excited about that. And so, as I said, our church is five years old, and a little bit of context for us is we're about 15 minutes from Gardner-Webb University which is a private school, private Christian school um, in some ways, I would say. And then we're about 10 minutes from Cleveland Community College, um, which we're, we're trying to figure out how to engage with in different ways. And then our church, we are one church, two locations. We have a, a campus that is in the upper part of our county, about 20, 25 minutes from our main campus or our, our Shelby campus, I shouldn't say main. And then um, we are launching and planning in Hickory in the next year, we've got a guy that we're sending with a team as well. And so I just wanted to share a little bit of that about that because in this session, what we're gonna talk about is that it, that it takes church buy-in to reach college students, that it takes the church coming alongside um, the collegiate leader, the, the whoever's leading and shepherding it to see disciples who make disciples. And so God's been good to us to allow us um, open doors to engage Gardner-Webb mainly with the gospel. And I think hearing a little bit about our context um, can be helpful of ways that you can engage the campus, the way that, that you can go to them and spend time with them and, and to see families of disciples who make disciples. So why family? Why, why family in this? And so one of the phrases that we tell our college students is, family because if we are in Christ then we're not just like family but we are family I love it so we're not just like family but we are family and so God refers to us as his children as heirs as the body of Christ he tells us that, that he's redeeming his people that they might be his and so that's redemption right that, that we might be his that he's purchasing back what was his 
And so what we say with our college students is that, that God is on a mission and he's asking us to join him on it. And so what we say very simply using family language is that his mission is to get his family back together. It's to get his family back together and he wants us to be the extension of that family um, to welcome people in. And so one of the things that I think about when we talk about family is that, that we need to teach college students what godly family looks like. Like, like I'm, I'm from a broken family, so I didn't have, I didn't experience what godly family looked like. And then I was thinking, we got 25 student leaders, and if you look at 14 of them come from broken families. So that, that's over half come from broken families. Many of them didn't grow up in church. Many of them were saved at our church in the last several years. And so for us, uh, we have to teach them. We have to disciple them in, in what it means to belong to the family of God and to be an extension of that. And so three things that, that I want to look at today that, that just kind of a framework that I think f has been helpful for us and hopefully will be helpful for you in some small way. Um, again, we clearly don't have it all figured out, but these are three things that I think have been helpful for us to become a family of disciples who make disciples. And so the first is that, that it starts with culture, care, and competencies. So three things that we're going to break down, culture, care, and competencies. So looking at culture, real quick, many of you, you've probably heard that, that culture is created by default or by design. And, and I said that to my wife last night, and it was cool. She's, she had this one-liner right after it, and she said, yeah, and faulty culture is made by default. And I was like, I'm going to steal that because that's great. But it, but it is true that, that we have to be intentional with the, the culture that we're building, that we're creating. And so three things that we think of in culture is language, stories, and values. So three things that have been super helpful for us in a, in a culture of disciple-making is, is that we have language, stories, and values, and we know what they are, and we know how to communicate them, and we know how to share them. And so obviously, it, prayer is essential and has been a massive part of us developing culture, but it's helped us with all of these things. And so language, language. We try to be really intentional about the way that we communicate things, and, and we try to make sure that our language throughout all areas of ministry line up with each other. That they all fall under the mission, vision, values of our church as a whole. Because especially in college ministry, it can be really easy to function as its own little church and not function under the ministry of the local church. And so our language is important to us. And so you've probably heard Mike Breen, different people say that language shapes culture. And so we use a lot of family language, we use language around multiplication principles that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But anytime we're in front of college students or we're spending time with them, we want to be intentional with the things that we say and the things that we communicate. So we're sure to communicate a clear vision to our student leaders, our church body as a whole, about what we believe God is leading us to do to see disciples who make disciples on the college campus. And so... Just some examples, we have really specific sending language that we use because we want to be a sending church, that we want to be a church that, that multiplies churches in North Carolina and around. And so, for instance, um, I actually even, I didn't even think about it. It's on my shirt. It says, go and be the church. So one of our values is 
that we will be the church. And so one of the things that we, we talk about is that, and kind of a shift that we've made, is that when we close every service, rather than saying, see you next week, we invite people to go and be the church, for them to see that the church is bigger than us just meeting once a week, that they have the opportunity to, to go and be the church and to be disciples who make disciples. And so that's one of the ways that our language is important to us, that, that we invite people into that, that it's been so cool that every time we have, a, like we had a college night last night, and we have students that close out the night, and they're saying these same things, and they're repeating these same things, and it's been so cool because then I think they grab hold of, okay, that's what we do. Like, it's just who we are. We're going to go do this. It's brutal. We're going to go and be the church. So, with that, um, the next thing is stories. And so, these are, will all kind of line up together, but stories. We want to be good storytellers. We believe that, that what gets celebrated gets repeated. And we want to tell stories of how God has moved in the past because we believe it's shaping what He's doing now and what He's going to do in the future. And so we've worked on, on creating stories of hope, stories that, that have been monumental in our church. Um, that The story of how our church came to be five years ago as a, as a merger, we share that story pretty often. And then we want to also share stories uh, of people like Molly. And so I just wanted to share a story about Molly real quick is that Molly is a sophomore at Gardner-Webb right now, but Molly transferred this past fall from Elon. So she went to Elon for a year, was miserable, um, didn't know what to do, and so her best friend Danielle asked her to consider coming to Gardner-Webb. So Molly was not a believer. She grew up uh, in a Catholic family but, but was not a believer and ends up coming to Gardner-Webb and she gets plugged into a family group and goes to these different things with Danielle and she's coming to church some and she's going to our college nights and then what was so cool for me was that that after our first college night of the last last semester she rides in the car with two of our student leaders on the way to this cereal party after party thing and they share the gospel with her and she gives her life to Christ right there in the car and so Molly then gets baptized by her friend Danielle but what's cool about that is that Danielle was also saved at our church two years ago. That she was saved and baptized at our church, discipled by someone that I'm going to talk about in just a little bit. But what was so cool is, is that there was a cycle there. And so we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. But stories stick. Like you guys are going to remember Molly's story more than you're going to remember any of the rest of the stuff that I talk about probably. Because it, it had life transformation. There was hope in that. And so we want to tell stories that, that show our vision becoming a reality. And so we want to share stories with people pretty often about families of disciples who make disciples. And so we share those. We, we pray that God would show us where they are. We don't fabricate them, but we share the, the simplest of things, of stories of how God is moving, and pray that it would be repeated. And so language, stories, and values. So values. We want to be a value-driven culture. So I, I stole this from someone, but I read this the other day, that, that when Texas, the state of Texas, wanted people to stop littering, they didn't come up with new laws or add fines, but they simply put up signs that said, Texans don't mess with Texas by littering. It's value-driven culture. They didn't have to add these things, but they simply said, Texans don't mess with Texas by littering. 
So that's the kind of culture we want to have, one that's driven by what we value. And so we, we say pretty often that what we value, we will do. And we say that with college students because if they value reading God's Word, then they're going to do it. They're going to make it a priority. If they value living in community, then they're going to live in community. And so we get to shepherd that and help them in that. And so for us, just because this is a part of our story, is that the three values that we talk about is that we want to give hope, we want to create community, and we want to be the church. And so those are three statements for our, our church that, that have been monumental and things that we value. And so we give hope, create community, and be the church. So you, you hear our name in there, the Hope Community Church piece. Um, Can I ask a question on that? Yep. Is that, is that the, uh, the statement of, the, of Hope Church? Yeah. Statement? Yeah, so our mission statement is that we're helping people far from God find hope in God. And we believe that we'll accomplish that by giving hope, creating community, and being the church. So, okay. so it's essentially the vision statement, but there are things that we value. So, good question. So if we communicate that we value those three things and value living on mission, because we, we make that a part of the Be the Church piece, really all of those, um, then we believe that we'll do those things and we'll see others doing those things around us. And so something that I've thought about with this, the culture piece and language and stories is, is to not grow weary of communicating things. I don't know what the stat is now, but you know, it used to be like it took seven times for someone to repeat something and for someone to grasp it and be able to repeat it back. Well, research shows now that it's like three times that due to technology and different things that we're consumed with, especially with college students, that it takes two to three times more. And I've definitely found that to be true. It gets, you know, it can be frustrating when you're like, well, we've said this over and over and over again. And we're tired of saying it, and they're just now hearing it. And so, just want to encourage you with that to, to keep going and talking about those things. <clears throat> so, the next piece we got culture, and then we got care. And so, you might think, yeah, care, uh, pastoring people, leading people, shepherding them. I, I got that figured out. What we found is that this one of all of them feels like the most important for us when talking about the health of our ministry, and seeing disciples who make disciples and seeing that sustain. And so a couple of the ways that, that we feel like we're, we're trying to do that and, and learning from is our check-ins. And so we have check-in meetings. Uh, and I put this part on here because, as we know, in discipleship and in discipleship movements, the follow-up and coaching is really important along the way. And so we, as I said, we have a student leadership team of 25 we have two resident college ministry residents that are on staff right now we're they're gonna funnel off in June and we're bringing on three more for the next year to two years and so they essentially help us by by getting to meet together with our student leaders by pouring into them by spending time with them and checking in on them individually and, and then as far as their leadership so we have, as I said, family groups. And if you have questions about this, we can talk about it later too. Family groups, which are our missional communities. We have grow groups, which are discipleship groups, the one-on-three, one-on-two. And then we have an outreach team. And so our outreach team does some of our social media stuff. 
They, they plan and execute missional hangouts for family groups. They plan and execute service opportunities and redemptive work that we do in the community. And so our check-ins, uh, one thing I wanted to say about that is, is not so much that we do them, but what we do when we meet with them and what we talk about. And so uh, it's not just checking a box for us to say, okay, we met with them this week, we're done. Um, but that we try to be really intentional, even with language in those meetings. And so how many of you know the 3DM life shapes, the triangle, does anybody know what that is? And so that's something that we use a lot. So just to summarize, it's a look at Jesus's three main types of relationships that he had an upward relationship with the father. He had an inward relationship with his disciples and then outward relationships, um, living on mission and where they went and they heal the sick and they share the gospel. They, they share that the kingdom of God has come near. And so when we meet with our leaders, they've been introduced to that. That's a part of our language up in and out as well. Is That's a tool that we use with them a lot. That we found that it's a helpful way for us to identify and see what their time with the Lord looks like. Are they experiencing intimacy with Jesus? Are they experiencing fruitful relationships are they living in community because a lot of them it's pretty easy to if they're not a family group leader to just not go to family group but for them to see no there's value in me belonging to this community and there's accountability there as well as well and then for us as when we talk about movements and we talk about disciples who make disciples we talk about the outward piece a lot and so we, we train them on how to share the gospel we train them on um, different things on campus, personal evangelism, all these different things. But we assess in that we have check-in questions um, where we get to ask them about their community, these different things, check-up questions where we're, we're checking in on their relationship with the Lord and then these outward ones. Are they actually having gospel conversations? Are they praying that God would lead them to people of peace in their life? And so, for us, as I said, the outward piece, we want to constantly point them to the mission, the mission, that they are missionaries on campus. And so that's something that we, we really believe on the college campus is that, that, especially if you've only got a few, if you've only got one or two, casting a vision, a mission to them that, that they're, they're a missionary on the college campus. Like no one reaches college students like college students. It's the same model that we use that our mission pastor and our church uses for people in West Africa. We don't go over there and think that we're going to win all of West Africa, but we go and we train nationalists to reach nationalists. And so the same model is for us on the college campus, that we want to train college students to reach college students. And so that's kind of one of the check-ins for us. And so the, the vision that we lay before them is that right now something that's just been burning within me is that, that our college ministry is growing and it's been super encouraging um, to see our local church come alongside and to see even campus ministries grow. But that still only makes up 10% of the college campus. And so there's still a 90% that is not reached with the gospel and certainly isn't living in biblical community and, and belonging to a local church. And so we stress the importance of, of going out. And so another way 
that we care for them and help develop them. And this is, this is like the newest aspect of our ministry, the Timothy Initiative, which I'm going to explain the name and everything. It's the newest, but I think it has the potential to be the most fruitful thing that we do. And so um, what we noticed and what we were hearing from student leaders was that they desired mentorship. Essentially what they're saying, they desire discipleship which is super encouraging for us um, because we desire for them to be disciples who make disciples. And what we found in that is that, that yes, we want to teach them to feed themselves for sure and how to spend time with the Lord, um, but that they also, our leadership team and our staff, we can't disciple everyone. We can't care for all of those people and know the ins and outs of their life but we wanted to, to find people in our church, families, that would come alongside them and pour into them and open up their families and their homes to them. And so I, I remember wrestling with this and praying through these things, and I was reading 1 Corinthians 4, 15 and 17. Paul says, For though you, though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. That is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. And so for us, what we found is that they've had countless guides. Countless guides. But as we talked about earlier, few fathers and mothers. And so as the local church, what, what, a, what an opportunity for us to come alongside college students, to partner them up with families that are going to open up their lives to them. And so what we say is that the Timothy Initiative is an initiative within the local church that is seeking to equip and empower college students to go and be faithful disciples in the next generation by giving them families that will love them and care for them. So similar to how Paul sent Timothy, we want to, to have families that come alongside them so that they will be a Timothy one day that they will be a person who's being discipled now and will be a faithful father and mother in the future. And so, that's general premise of the Timothy Initiative, uh, but something that, that we just ask of our people and that we ask of these key families that we've started with um, is, is simply open book and open life for the purposes of equipping and empowering God's people to join Him on mission. So that's our, our definition of mentorship right now that we're using. And so what we found there is it's super simple. Open up the scriptures. Show them the word of God. Teach them the word of God and open up your life. Because that's ultimately what they want. That's what college students want. Is that they want to spend time with families. That they want to, they want to belong to something. And so allowing families to come alongside and to pour into college students. And so for me, we've just started this with our leadership team. And so 25 different mentors within our church. But I'm excited to see what it's going to look like in the next couple years. When more and more families come in and they buy into the vision of caring for college students and discipling college students. Yep. Can I ask a question yeah, about that? Yeah, for sure. How, because um, I have ministries in my church that are wanting to do that. Um, my biggest concern is how do you 
pair up yeah. a college student with an appropriate. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I understand like you want the couple to be able to again disciple somebody, but like you just looking at a name on a list, you know, you're like, hey, I think I'm gonna put Jim and Susie with this college student here, and like, you know, yeah, and pray to God that it, you know, they would kick it off. They, yeah. They have yeah. And that kind of, so yeah. For sure. Resting in God's, you know, mm-hmm. sees it all, but also, I guess, how do you? Yeah. So we started really small. Um, we what we did first is one we prayed that God would lead lead us to families, um, and then the key families that were a part of our church and and they you know they'd like served meals at different things like that, and so we'd already identified like they're they're around and so people they're visible for college students and so what we did was we got them all together and we just cast this vision of the Timothy initiative and then we began to to pair them up and so again we we started small and it's not to say that there aren't times when it's gonna mess up and like oh man we they probably shouldn't be with them and they shouldn't be with them but yep My first time when you're talking about- soon to be going on, and I'm thinking, well, who would they, even right now, one of our adults, young adults or older couples, it doesn't matter what age really, do they like to be mentored by, do they respect, do they hmm. have a relationship already with, and if I could ask a few of them, I, I could already tell who they would pick, and I'd be mm-hmm. like, maybe I should talk to them, maybe they would be part of this yeah. journey with them, support them, Yeah. because you know, we're not just talking about those who are going Community college, we're talking about going far, so yeah. we're talking about, you know, they could be part of the prayer chain or email and, and just or visit them or however they, you know, and I, I was thinking about my college yeah. council per se, I have like a group, mm-hmm. but I mean, not just those people either, anyone else, anyone yeah. who's willing to be part of that that process, yeah. I just I just started thinking that that's definitely something I could work in, but I mm. think it would take not the last year with them, but more or less throughout high school. Mm-hmm. They need to. St- I need to start thinking of those mentors for them now. Like yeah. Them yeah, for sure. Yeah, something. Sorry, Jace, go ahead. I'm sorry. You're good. I was just gonna say something super practical that I think works is have a meal, invite these families to come serve a meal to provide the food, and then just let them build relationships with college students, like. Five or six of the ones that we have now, it happened pretty organically just by them building relationships with college students at meals and at church and just inviting people to come and be a part of college ministry. Because I do think that sometimes um, college ministry can feel like this thing that's just over here within the local church and to cast the vision to our church of, no, we want you to, to be a part of this because... It's hard enough as it is in our context for people to see Hope College is one thing and Hope Community Church is the other. And so as much as we can let them see that the local church is is who we are, um, we want to do that. And so simple ways like that I think are practical. Jason? I was going to add another practical consideration would be like, you know, if I have, uh, for example, Ethan is a student of mine who is, he's doing a uh, business degree focusing on supply chain management. Hmm. I'm going to hook him up with Walt, who's been a yeah. manager for yep. 20 years. You know, like yeah. Why not put those two together? For sure. Uh, or nursing students with people yeah. that are professional, whatever. You know, uh, it may not always be the perfect fit, but at least it's common ground to start from. Yeah, that's that's really good. That's kind of a 
that's kind of the next step that we want to go in. And one of our residents, that was his idea, um, was he wanted to develop this mentorship pipeline where where we we or someone pair people up based on occupation. And so for us, I think that is the future of what we're going to do, especially once we get to doing it with people that aren't on our student leadership team. You know, just college students that that are apart. Um, they're but they're not serving in that way and but we still see that that they desire to be discipled and mentored and and they're interested in physical therapy and so we've got all these people at our church that that are involved in the physical therapy department and all these different things and so I think that's really good. I was going to mention something too the, the term uh, Timothy initiative I don't know if you're aware of it but that's a that's an international program. Okay okay so we stole it. It's interesting because it's very related uh, because the Timothy Initiative it is an international uh, church planting initiative. Hmm. Okay. It's based in small groups. They they specialize in micro churches uh, okay. around the world. Yeah. Okay. Not many people know about it here in America. It's mostly overseas. Mm -hmm. um, they have twenty ten thousand churches started every year overseas uh, usually no more than a hundred here in America wow. but you can google their name and they have some excellent uh, resources for okay. training up small group leaders yeah. for founding and developing um, mm. small group ministries that, that develop into churches micro churches so yeah that's I cool tie that. I don't know if you're aware of that or not but no I wasn't it's kind of now I feel bad you know we, we stole it it really goes in and hand okay. actually so it's, uh, it's good for training up leaders. Yeah. That's cool. I love it. Yeah, I was going to say, don't tell them that we stole it. David hits it up, and he's in Raleigh. Okay. So speaking of training, we're, we're going to get to that in just a second um, because our, our next piece is competencies. And so we talked about culture, care, competencies. There's certain things that we want to teach college students how to do. And so some of the ways um, that we do that in ways that we want to teach them how to make disciples who make disciples. And so as we, we know this, that we believe that it's our job to equip the saints to do the ministry. And so, as I said earlier, that, that's true on the college campus as well. No one reaches college students like college students. And so we want to teach them and, and disciple them how to be missionaries on the campus. So some of the training that, that we use... oh. It gone there it is it is multiply maximize and then hope 111 and so these are specific to us I'll explain all three of these pieces as well as uh, a little bit of the training that we've started to do with the Timothy initiative is is we're I'll just I'll just start there is that what we're trying to do because that's what I wrestled with when college students came was like I don't know I'd really like to train these families before we just like let them just do this like there's got to be a little bit of structure um, and so what we've done is some life shape stuff and so we've done up in and out the triangle and then we've done Kairos moment um, circle and so really when we meet with them that's kind of the same framework that we use with college students we want them to be able to use and so create some similar language as well and and helps us there so what multiply is is a simple training um, that our missions pastor, he helped make several years ago. He, he served as a missionary in India and then um, 
came back to Shelby, started working at our church, and he basically had this partner who was living in Senegal, and they decided that they were going to take kind of the training, the resources that they used um, in India, and they were going to do it through our church to West Africa. And so have seen a lot of fruit from it of this just this super simple discipleship resource where they're training people um, to make disciples and so what multiply is is that it's designed to just be a simple tool to help Christ followers grow in their obedience to Christ by sharing their faith and discipling others and so this resource all of our current leaders have gone through it whether it was in a like a classroom setting like at the church or if it was done relationally. And so we would we desire, we think that it's done best in relational environments. And so intentional and relational are two words with multiply that we've kind of tried to press into. Um, that, that there is some formation, but that discipleship is, at, is also happening in, in the, the scheme of life. And so that there's a relational piece for that. And so... An example of some of these things, and I might even have one of the books with us. It's We've got like a 10-page or a 10-part little book thing that, that Matt made and that we've adapted over the last couple years um, that we can look at in a little bit. But the goal of Multiply, it, it's pretty simple, that we want to see people multiply, that we want to see cycles of disciples who make disciples and so we want to see students in our church live on mission together and so speaking of stories um, the same story of molly i wanted to share how god used multiply as a helpful tool in all of that so i have to take you back two years um, there was a girl named megan peak who she is now um, she did grad school at gardner webb and now she is a counselor at gardner webb but two years ago, she went through the first ever Multiply class that was offered through our church. And so Megan came and she went through Multiply. And then that year, last year really, when I got here and started serving at the church, she asked me how she could care for student leaders. Because she, she'd been a college student, she was still around it, and wanted to know what she could do. And so she started to do Multiply with Danielle, Chloe, and Holly. And so she did that for a while. She still meets with them. She still uh, disciples them and mentors them and coaches them in different ways. And so then last year, Danielle joins our leadership team and Danielle starts a grow group. And for her grow group, she, ch she chose to do Multiply for that semester. So she walked through Multiply with JJ and Braxton. And so then, long story short, this past semester, it was J.J. and Braxton who shared the gospel with Molly on the way to the cereal party. And so what we see now is that now Braxton is walking through Multiply with Molly. And so that's four generations in the span of two years. So Megan discipled Danielle, Danielle discipled Braxton, and Braxton is discipling Molly. And so there's a lot that goes into that for sure. Um, and it doesn't always happen in two years. Um, but it's been so cool to see the Lord use that and to see that this simple tool, this something super simple, I'll, I'll tell you what the lessons are in a minute, is encouraging college students and helping them to see, okay, I can do this. Like, I can share my faith with somebody. I can read my Bible. I do know how to pray. 
Like I, I know how to, I can learn how to do these things. I can then teach someone else how to do that. And so some of the lessons that we cover in there is walking in the Spirit, the mission of God, how to share the gospel, the gospel and making disciples, belonging to the body of Christ, and then how to spend time with God. And again, at any point, like I might have some of the books, but if you're interested in looking at it and think it would be a helpful thing, I'll just send you the PDF and you can have all of it. Um, it is open to be used wherever. And so these things, they're, they're pretty basic, but they've been super helpful um, for us in a lot of different ways. So another way and kind of a next step for us is that they've helped us to identify who are our multipliers. So specifically in the college ministry, who are the people, the faithful ones, you know, similar to Filter for Faithfulness, who are the, who are the ones that are sharing their faith, that are living on mission on the college campus, that are discipling others well? And so what we want to do now, and, and this is kind of a next step for us, is something that we're calling Maximize. And so Maximize is going to be another resource. It says here that it's designed to develop multiplying leaders through helping disciples reach their God-given potential. So we believe that God uses believers who show consistency in spiritual disciplines, such as sharing the gospel and discipling others, to encourage, model, and lead others. And maximize these believers are given practical training to increase their leadership traits and to help them reproduce what they've learned. So maximize is it's a new thing. It's a new resource that we're just getting started. And so kind of the goal for Maximize is that, that it's going to help us in sending. It's going to help us in church planning. That we're going to identify throughout our church, not just college ministry, multipliers. People that, that have gone through multiply, that are now sharing their story in the workplace, on the college campus, in their school, these different things. And then coming alongside them and saying, like, we see that the Lord is at work in your life. And we want, we want to just continue to, to pour fire, to pour gasoline on this fire, essentially. And so we want to help you and, and walk with you and take it a next step. And hopefully that praying that the Lord would lead some of these people to go with church plants and to go um, and plant churches that are engaging other college campuses that are not reached with the gospel. And so we think Maximize is going to be a big resource for us to, to do that, to send people. But kind of the way Maximize will work is that there's going to be four character lessons. So four basic lessons that we've already made. And then what we're going to do is different area ministry leaders. So our kids ministry, worship, uh, worship and production, um, children's ministry, college, community groups. We have a care ministry. These different things, they'll come up with their own four competency lessons. So four character and four competency. And so the reason why we're doing that is that they can give some very specific things to their area of ministry. We can have these essential things that all of our church will be doing with Maximize in the character lessons and then have these very specific for, for instance, a community group lesson that we're going to do is how to facilitate a group. Super simple, but we're going to have different lessons like that where we're training and equipping people to do that. So the last little piece of this is Hope 111. So we are actually in the middle of Hope 111 right now. Every spring 
semester, we identify potential new leaders on campus. And so uh, multiply becomes a helpful way for us to do that too. Um, the people that, that are gonna go walk through multiply with others, you know, that maybe they're freshmen and they've identified them for us as potential new leaders. And so we ask them to come and to walk through this five week training with us <clears throat> with very similar principles to multiply and maximize. Um, but what we're doing and, and really we'll probably shift to more of the, just calling it maximize so that we have the, the same language, but we wanna cast a clear vision we want to explain our mission as a college ministry and as a church. We want to equip them and, and pray that God would place them in the right leadership positions for us and then see them live on mission as extended family. And so that's a resource that Hope 111 is one that we're, we have found and just maybe this is helpful for y'all that, that it's not super helpful to do four or five weeks in a row but to try to spread it out over the semester. Um, different contexts that might work. Um, last year we tried to do four straight weeks and it's really hard to get college students to come to church four weeks in a row. Um, and so we found that when we spread it out and we communicate with them more and there's more, it's more relational throughout the week as well, like follow up of like, what did you think? What are the, some of the takeaways? That it's, it's been super helpful for us. So what I want to do real quick is we are hopefully going to have some time for questions, but I'd love for you to kind of partner up. Um, and so I just got a couple questions that, that I want you to maybe reflect on for yourself and the area of ministry that you're in and then share it with someone of, of maybe what is the culture of your church? What are you valuing? So what are those things that, Maybe what is some of the language or what are some of the stories that you can tell and that, that shape your culture? And then so the next question, in what ways are you caring for and coaching people? Love to just hear different ways that you're already doing that or ideas that you have of, of ways that you can get families involved to do so. And the last one, how are you training and equipping people? How are you, you caring for them in that way of teaching them different competencies? And so let's just take like five minutes and partner up and just discuss a little bit of that, of, of the culture, care, and competencies, and then we'll take some more questions. Sound good? good. Appreciate it. Good time. Yeah. Leave this on. Sure. So we're supposed to be done at 11.30? I think it was like 11.15 I haven't seen the email. Here, I got it somewhere. Lunch is, lunch is at 11 so we're not okay. missing anything. Okay. 
I think I got it too. Yeah, so mine says to 11.30. Oh, great. Well, then we're good. Okay. It's kind of an interesting... Uh, just like all the interruptions, I don't think I anticipated. I love it. It's fun. No doubt. I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where Ryan came from, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Hmm. That'd be good. How are you caring for people? <laughs> Maybe I should add those wonder if you can just duplicate one and then edit it. Yeah, so I don't 
Guys train guys, okay. girls train girls. Okay, then I, I understand the name. Maybe Braxton yeah. was a girl. Oh yes, it was. Okay. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's that is confusing. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Oh really? Oh, maybe I should clarify. All right, whenever you're, can we come back together real quick? <laughs> if you can hear me, I love it. Well, sweet. I hope that was helpful just to kind of have a little dialogue with each other about it and hear different scenarios and, and stories as well. And so uh, I'd love to just open it up for any other questions, and then I want to pray for us uh, whenever we close and get to go eat. Yeah, Jace. Um, so you mentioned you have several things that you do with your college students. Uh, it seemed like time-wise it was a lot. So, for example, you got family groups, you got group groups, you got Timothy Initiative, you got Multiply. How does this all work? Yeah, yeah. So we actually have created a, and I can send this as well, like a calendar showing different things. And so the difference is that, like, all right, so a student, let's say a student is a family group leader. That is their main focus. And then they have a family. And really what I'd like to see happen is that, that the Timothy Initiative, the family that's mentoring them can even almost function as like a family for their family group. And so like for a missional hangout, that's something we do is go have a meal at their house with your whole family group, different things like that. So multiply does happen a little more relationally now with college students to the point where like um, the family group leader has probably already been through Multiply if he's a family group leader. That's not the case every time um, because sometimes we have to add family groups and add leaders and stuff like that. But something that we've tried to do with that is finding an older leader or someone in the church to do that during meal times. And so finding a lunch for that student leader that you can walk through multiply with them and and kind of coach them through this or or we'll do it with them or something like that and so so yeah that distinguishing thing is that we have family group leaders grow group leaders and outreach team leaders so no one does all three they do one or the other um Yeah. So sometimes those are going to overlap. Like yep. a group might go through multiply. Is that yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. For sure. Yep. So multiply is not like a weekly meeting once an hour? No. No. There are times within our church that that happens. Like there's one that's meeting um, every Tuesday for the next couple months at our upper Cleveland campus. 
um, that that a, a family is leading, um, but college students won't go to that one. We try now um, as much as we can to keep it on campus for them in different ways, meal times and grow groups and different things like that. And so grow groups has been a way that we've seen a lot of them get to walk through Multiply is that when we have these grow group leaders, let's say there's five of them, say, hey, we want you to this semester identify three people and build a relationship with them all fall. And in the spring, we want you to walk through Multiply with them. And so that's how Danielle did it with um, JJ and Braxton. And so clarifying, those are both girls. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that was a good question. She asked the same one if Braxton was a guy. Um, no, they were. There were girls. So the grow groups are, are not co-ed. They are, you know, girl to girl, guy to guy. And then our family groups are co-ed groups. That was good. Yeah. And the reason I ask the question is because our church has sort of yo-yoed back and forth between like, we want to do everything all the time to like, we need to completely simplify and do very little and make it worthwhile. Yeah. And so we're, we're fighting that battle. Like, do I need another night to do another thing? Probably not. You know, how can I simplify it? So when I heard you had all these different groups, I was like, man. That's a lot. How do they make it work? You know? Yeah. I'm just going to make a comment. I'm, my context is a local community college. We only have the one. It serves the whole county. Okay. So the students come from throughout the county and beyond, depending on the program of study. Mm -hmm. You know, they can travel in from, my goodness, 30, 45 an hour away for the nursing program or the sonography program mm -hmm. so and it's not a residential campus so everybody's a right, commuter, commuter. Okay? so the challenge for us is the students um, when they're on campus they're there but then when they're out of class they're scattered in a very large region okay mm -hmm. so they many of them don't live locally you know so the only time they're physically present at that school is that's it, okay? Right. So we have to grab them while they're there actually mm -hmm. on campus. So yeah. we, our meetings are always during the day. We have nothing, nothing happens at night yeah. because all the students are scattered over mm -hmm. quite a large region. Yeah, that's good. So I'm just trying to listen. I, I'm very, uh, how would you say, impressed mm. with the um, level of complexity that y'all have got. But I'm just trying to think in my particular context, um, I got to scale that way, 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 way back just because they're only, only have them uh, during the week, only on the days that they're on campus, and they're not even there every day. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe just there two or three days a week. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know if there's anyone else in that kind yeah. of context, but um, that we don't have a local church that can serve that community because they're coming from such a wide region. Mm -hmm. you know, so yeah, for sure. To, we've had to use a different approach, actually. Yeah. One thing that we did this semester with our student leaders was in our calendar we got them together for our beginning of the semester meeting and we literally like had it color coded and all these things and said this is what we expect of you this is what we're asking of you and then we asked them you know what do you expect of us like because i have found that with college students and, and with just people there's a lot of unrealistic expectations that aren't always communicated and so we wanted to to start the semester that way and so what we found was that college students really valued it because they knew exactly what was being asked of them and there was no gray area. And then they also, they had a calendar 
so they could then for the rest of the semester know like okay my family group you know they decide when they meet but um, we're meeting on Thursday nights and I'm gonna have this leader meeting once a month that I know I'm gonna go to after church on a Sunday food's gonna be provided so you know, they always want to go where there's food and so um, what we found then with like the Timothy initiative doesn't feel like an add-on for them because they want it so badly and they initiated a lot of it that they'll do whatever to make sure that they can do that on their own time find time to get coffee or lunch or dinner at someone's house so that they'll make time for for certain things is Gardner Webb the only college like close to there's Cleveland Community College um, and then there's Isothermal Community College is probably the next closest but are they are they pretty open like COVID wise Gardner Webb or yeah. the community colleges Both. all yes they are yeah definitely because like the, broad, the problem I'm running into even before I was in this position, they had a weekly meeting on campus. Hmm. Drew a ton of people. The, the college now, UNCG, is like completely shut down still. And I think they're, you know, I think they enjoy it. But like, they enjoy being the one where they're like, yeah, we're still holding strong to this. Hmm. Hey, wait, do what? Yeah, it's like, hey, you know what? We're the only one here. We're gonna we're gonna stand out and be the group that sticks out. Hmm is so closed and so what we yeah. have to do is kind of rethink like how do we get them off the campus to come to things that we have at the church right which you know you always say hey if there's free food like they're always going to come but that at some point then it's that balance between like going onto the campus for to equip college students to go back onto the campus but it's like yeah but you have to almost equip them to invite them to church, yeah, you know, because that's where we can have stuff. And right. So it, it just—I was just wondering, you know, with with Gardner Webb. Yeah, we. I was assuming that they were going to be pretty open. We. Um, last fall, we so Gardner Webb was not not closed. This not really, um, but we did become where we had to invite people to our church to do a lot more stuff, which we still do. Because, because of campus ministries, there's a lot of loops that we have to jump through to try to do stuff on campus. But we can go meet with a couple people and relationally do that. And so that's kind of what we've tried to do for the most part is to go to them in that way of going to a coffee shop and asking some key leaders to meet um, and spread the word about events and different stuff like that. We use social media a lot as well. It's been a support. Really helpful thing. I just have a quick question. Yep. I don't know if this model was intended. The church decided, basically, the church family is helping the college campus uh, pastor who is a, just a college campus pastor or one who's also a youth pastor and a college campus. But, like, is it made for solely just for one who just does college? Or um, someone who, did they think about the person who has to do both or multi? Or, I was just curious if that's. Is there any differences in that model? Or? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't just do college ministry now. I do okay. community groups as well. And so there are lots of things that have to think about in that. And I've done student ministry and college ministry at the same time. 
it's brutal to do. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. Because all I don't know exactly. Teams, these things that you're talking about, which, like you were saying, the attitude, the complexity of it. I thought, yeah, I could get all this going on, but then that's what you said. I have to then worry if they're doing what they're doing all the time. So that just adds more. For yeah. Me that I, yeah, that's where I think like training key people where you are, allowing it to be small. Like that's something I was thinking about with COVID is for us even like getting okay with the fact that it's not gonna be the same way that it was. And we might not have the same amount of students that we had before COVID. And they might not come to our church um, every Sunday and all these different things and, and looking for different ways that we can, we can equip the few to reach the many and to see so like for us just as an example we don't do a weekly service like we do a monthly college night um, because we want we don't want to be event driven um, we want to see disciples who make disciples on the college campus family groups is the main way that we've seen that happen in relational environments that they do all of life together and so they're eating meals together they're doing homework together they're going to the bowling alley together, all these different things. Um, but that's kind of for us. Um, so I was going to say, lunch is ready. Okay, so all right. I'll hang Sorry. back if you want to hang back for a few minutes. Okay, yeah. And there'll be a line. There you go. Um, but that way, if, if folks want to get to lunch, Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sweet. Let me pray for us real quick. Yeah. Father, thanks so much for this time and just for who you are and, Lord, that you are moving. And, Lord, we're so grateful for... Um, just your kindness and goodness towards us. And just pray, God, for, for fruitful labor on college campuses and in local churches and in North Carolina and beyond. And so, Lord, I just pray right now that you be with all of us here, Lord, that we would um, keep in step with you and your spirit. And so, Lord, just pray that you would lead us and guide us in whatever way you would have us go, Lord, that we would be excited uh, to join you on mission. And so, Lord, I pray for these leaders, these followers of you, um, as, they, as they journey on, Lord, I pray that you be with them, that you care for them and love them and uh, shepherd them. And so, Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, okay, all right. Sounds good. Shoot me. We'll keep talking by email, okay? Okay. Um, I'm not, I know the name. Oh, okay. so, How do I um, turn this off? Sorry. I used to, let's see. Yes, Greg. Greg.